Hello, you welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Woman Podcast. It's Ify Chooks at this way and you are listening to the Uncommon Woman Podcast. So here is the real mystery. How do working women like us, who know deep down that we are made for more, we desire to make God proud, but always end the day with no time or energy for ourselves. Talk more of betting the more in us. How do we know this more? How do we profitably bet our dreams, our callings and our passions without breaking down, without losing our sanity, our homes or our jobs, at least for now? That is the glaring question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ife Chuksadizwe and you are welcome to the Uncommon Woman Podcast. Today we start a new series by the hand of God. So recently I was invited to minister to uh, a group of women. And as I asked God what he wanted me to tell them, actually the topic was becoming more um, in your bid to become the king's minstrel. So the minstrel is someone that ministers unto the king, that makes the king happy. So as women, how do we become more in a bid to please our father, to you know make him excited? And as I asked uh, the Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to share with this woman? He told me to share my story, but also gave me um, certain scriptures with regards to the hand of God and how the hand of God is critical in betting your more. And so today I'm going to, or in this series, I'm going to share with you um, what I shared with them. For each of them, for each of the different things I would share, there would be prayer points at the end. So I would um, encourage you strongly to actually pray them with a deep sense of um, seriousness and faith. Because I, I greatly believe him that, you know, this is not just a story about how he pulled out Ifoma by his hand and made her who she is today and is still making me into that woman he's called me to be but it will also be a testimony for you about how you were also pulled out by the hand of God and you will pull out many others as they become the women that God has called them to be okay so in starting out first of all I will tell you the promise that he said I should share with everyone it's Isaiah 40 verse 2 and Isaiah 62 verse 3 so Isaiah 40 verse 2 says speak comfort to Jerusalem and Christ cry out to her that her warfare is ended that her iniquity is pardoned for she has received from the lord's hands double for her sins so the first thing i want you to personalize it so i would say speak comfort to ifoma and cry out to her that her warfare is ended and then we go into um the second scripture is isaiah 62 verse 3 it says you will be a crown of glory in the hand of your god you will be a royal diadem in the palm of your God. So that's what he says I should tell you today. As we go about this series, he wants you to know that your warfare is ended. There is comfort and the warfare hasn't just ended, but indeed you are becoming a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the palm of your God. So first of all, um, in, in stressing the fact, I think I want to be very clear that um, I am someone that has been molded by the hand of God, taught by the Holy Spirit. Everything I know, the Holy Spirit has taught me. So what really is my story? I know I gave you a glimpse in the first episode, but a lot of questions have also come in asking in the details. And so I'm going to share. Um, when I finished secondary school, I came out as the second best student in my class. Um, but then, as we say in Nigeria, jump jammed me so i had done two jumps uh two jump examinations um the school i applied for went on strike so long story short i finished um secondary school and i did not get admitted into university until about two three years afterwards now those two three years 
saw me in different stages so first of all i was hurt i was angry um and i couldn't understand why you know i came out second best but i wasn't in school my peers were in school already until one of my friends told me something she said if for my it's not how fast it's how well and that stuck um in my head and so when i wanted to start getting upset or depressed and wondering why my own journey was slower than my peers even though i seemed to be better or by you know by, in, by terms of what the world was measuring um that thing that thing she said just kept staying in my head so by the time i got into university my focus was to come out with a four point i was very very clear that you know i wasn't just going to enter into university to play and have fun of course i was going to do that no actually at the point i was entering i did not plan to do that i just planned to come out with a four point but somewhere when i got in in my 100 level as i was finishing my 100 level something interesting happened um i became born again and it was funny because i loved fashion So I always loved to look good and let's just say I loved really short skirts. <laughs> and so becoming born again was a, a a little bit difficult for me because they said when you become born again, you know, you can't wear the short skirts. All my tops always used to show my cleavage and um so I was just totally wrong. It felt like in my heart I really wanted to be born again. I was excited about it. I loved I could I, I was beginning to have some feeling you know feeling in my heart i i felt closer to god but the outward expectations was what i was finding very difficult to to meet up with and i remember then you know when they invite me for fellowship i just always used to stick out and people said oh no you know when you become born again you need to stop dressing like this and i used to have a very very sharp mouth and so i remember i told somebody once i'm like see if god wants me to stop dressing like this he would tell me to stop dressing like this And after a while, interestingly, I remember that day. It just—he didn't tell me anything, but I just knew I needed to stop dressing that way. And then I just stopped. Like I just stopped. I just didn't feel happy. I just didn't feel cool when I wore those things anymore. And I remember one day I was like, "Oh, what the heck? Where did this feeling come from?" I beg. And so I wore one of my tops like that. I had this big, um, big hole at the back. <laughs> And. When I went out that day it felt like the whole sun in the world was just blazing through my back. I got to the bus stop of my house and I turned back and I went home. I changed, I took all those clothes and I burnt it and that was the last time I wore those clothes. And that really started my own personal journey with God because I just always felt if he called me out, it's not as if I wanted to be born again. He literally raised me off my seat and took me to the front. So if he called me, um I believe that there's this relationship that both of us should have and he wants to tell me things he tells me himself or he makes me stop doing things. So that started my journey in becoming uh, a child of God. By my 300 level I had uh, become the female the first female president of ISEC in my school. I was also in economics which um, economics in University of Jos is actually like very difficult. <laughs> they 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 make it a a plan a, a a point to make it very difficult. So I was balancing both of them and then once again I asked God and I said God, you know if i'm really your child I, i i'm i'm saying it this way because i think god works with his children in different ways it's not like as if i was testing god but i was like god if i'm really serving you and you know you're really here for me i want you to do something that makes it obvious in the lives of people that you are really with me and one of the things that i wanted was i want to be able to 
you know, have excellent results in my studies and I want to really do well um, in this commitment or leadership position that I am holding. I don't want to just be normal. And I finished university, I came out best student in my class. Um, and until now, if you go back to Joss and you call my name in the ISEC community, many of them don't know me, but they just remember my name. I want to believe that it was, you know, part of the things that God enabled me to do in that time. So, you know, everything seemed like I was on a roll, you know, I'd become born again. I came out best student, you know, in the ISEC community, like my name was really like known. Um, I could even got an internship to go to Belgium um, and work with DHL. But right about that same time, I got my first job with Procter & Gamble. And so I started working. It was amazing. It was exciting. Um, not too long after that, I got married. So it just felt like my life was on a roll. I had dreams. I was happy. I, I I could see the future and, you know, I saw the big things that I was going to do. But somewhere after I got married, um, I don't think it's, it's the marriage itself. I think it's the whole pressure that we get from getting married in Africa. First of all, you need to be an excellent wife. You need to be an excellent daughter-in-law. You know, you need to be able to manage your families. You know, you need to manage your relationship with your husband, anything that happens or like your your, your uh, disagreements, you have to settle it. Don't bring in a third party. But of course, even though when you're dating, it's totally different from when you get married. And so when you get married, like you say, marriage is like when you clip your wings. I'm getting used to the fact that really it is clipping your wings really it is um like you have to get permission from your husband you have to run things by him you don't take decisions alone i think the whole putting it all together at the same time and at, at my work at the same time i also got a new assignment it was just a lot um plus at that time myself and my husband started um a few a business and after like three to six months, the business failed. We lost all the money, our money. We also had the money from the bank in there because we took a loan and it was horrible. So the bank was looking for us. It was terrible. It was terrible. And I think in that time, I just gradually began to disappear. I stopped believing in i don't want to say i stopped believing in myself i stopped believing in my dreams i actually just packed them away one side like let's deal with the present we need to be able to survive the present before i'm able to dream and as the pressure became more and more um they act, people start carrying just you know like oh if Ifoma is a witch because you know when she married her husband <laughs> that was when the husband's business they're going south so I was trying to start up um, as many side businesses as well so that I could also equally contribute um, to the family income as best as I could. But for every business that I, I launched, it was always just failing and failing and failing. And I remember one day I was pregnant for my first son. So this must have been 2008. And I went for a night vigil. And then as I, you know how in night video, everybody just takes a corner. As I put my head to the wall, I was standing and I put my head to the wall in the room. And I just heard a voice and the voice said, oh, so you said you want to get married, right? Okay, you are married now. Now let's see how you would enjoy this marriage. The thing that you fear the most is going to come over you. Now growing up, my dad traveled um, to the U.S. seeking greener pastures for like 10 years. Um, he kept sending money back home, um, but by the time he came back home, long story short, the money got lost. So the money was not available when he came back home and he didn't know. Um, 
so growing up i saw my mom actually being the breadwinner they had a way between my mom and my dad how they made it obvious how they tried not to make it obvious to us that it was her for example if you ask my mom for anything you would you tell you go and ask your dad so school fees you have to ask your dad anything you have to ask your dad even though we knew that the money was kind of like coming from her but she would always tell you to go and ask my father who would now tell you okay he will get back to you and then when he's ready or when they have discussed and they've decided they will call you so i knew at the back of my mind that my mom was carrying the load and i really feared it and when i was looking for and i was praying for a husband i was praying for a man that um that would be able to you know withstand everything and be there and carry the home as a man and so when that voice told me, he said, you saw you, you, you think you're, you're, you wanted to get married. Okay, you're married now. Let's see how you enjoy this marriage. What you fear the most will come over you. I remember I got so angry in the spirit. I got so angry. I was pregnant. I was like six, seven months pregnant. I remember my tummy was really big and I was jumping and I was, you know, I was praying in the spirit. I was returning every foul word back to sender. It was the last thing I needed in my life. And it, at that point, it became obvious to me that my life was a battle. In becoming the woman that God had destined for me to become, it would, it would be a battle. But then I was reminded of the book of Psalms where he says he's taught my fingers to war. And, you know, he's, he's, he's equipped me for battle. And the Lord's battle acts. And so no plan, no word from anywhere can come and say anything and it will hold in my life. And I'm telling you the same thing because there are a lot of us out here, especially when you're from this continent of Africa. Your life is a battle. To get married, battle. To have children, battle. To get a job, battle. And you sit still thinking everything is normal. It's not normal. And sometimes you need to arise as the Lord's battle acts. And so that's pretty much what I did. So in this first session, which is first episode, which is for today, it's just pretty much sharing my story. First of all, the background. So what exactly did I do to come out of this? I will tell you that tomorrow. But for now, we're going to pray. We have two prayer points. And the first one is, um, let me read the Bible verses first. So Psalm 31 um, verse 15 Psalm 31 verse 15 says my times are in your hands deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me then we look at Psalm 144 Psalm 138 verse 7 it says if I walk in the midst of trouble you preserve me from the anger of my foes you will extend your hand and your right hand will save me we go to Psalm 144 verse 7 it says, reach down your hand from on high. Deliver me and rescue me from the mighty waters. Exodus 13 verse 3. It talks about how God pulled out his hand and delivered his children from slavery. See, there are times when we are in certain places, when you are in a condition or in a situation where you don't understand what's happening. Everything you try seems to be failing. Every step you try to take forward takes you seven steps backward. It's like when you're in, a, when you're in water, when you're in mighty waters, you try to save yourself, but the powers of the, of the current of the water is so, it overwhelms you, overpowers you, and it takes you back. So for every effort you try to save yourself, you're actually like um, going backwards. Like when you're fighting against um, um, sinking sand but we see in these scriptures that God is the one who by his hand will deliver us as he delivered me because 
if I were still in that situation trying to fight my own battles, there are battles that you fight, but there are battles that God fights for you. There are battles that God pulls you out of. And I want to speak to someone today that as we pray in this season, as we pray today, God will deliver you out of this in the mighty name of Jesus. So we're going to be praying. Prayer point number one. Father, deliver me by your hand in the mighty name of Jesus. Deliver me by your hand in the mighty name of Jesus. Deliver me by your hand in the mighty name of Jesus from every enemy of my life, every persecution, every barrier, everything, every stronghold holding me down in every attempt that I've made that I've failed continually. Everything that seems like is making me work, that is working against me in this season. Lord, deliver me from on high. Bring out your outstretched hand and pull me out of this mighty raging waters, oh Lord. Pull me out of this land of bondage. Pull me out of this place that is holding me down in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Prayer point number two. In Jeremiah 32, 21, we see that, let me read it out for you. It says, you brought your people Israel out of Egypt with signs and wonders, with a strong hand and outstretched arms and with great terror. We're going to be praying. Father, as you deliver me, Lord, deliver me with great signs and wonders in the mighty name of Jesus. Let my story be as they that dream, dream, that when you turned around our captivity, it was said by all around that their Lord has done great things for them. Father, as you delivered Israel out of the land of captivity with great terror, with great signs and wonders, Father, deliver me out of that which is holding me now with great signs and wonders in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so tomorrow I continue in my story on what happened next. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Woman podcast. Please remember to subscribe and leave feedback. If you have any questions at all in becoming an Uncommon Woman, please do share with me and I'll be happy to talk about it in subsequent podcast episodes. What if I could show you the simple yet powerful secrets of the world's greatest Uncommon Woman? for free would you be interested then do go to bits.ly slash uwskit to get your own copy today you would also get the first chapter of the uncommon woman book for free so that is bits.ly bit.ly forward slash uwskit all in caps lock so caps u caps w caps s caps k caps i caps t so go there and then you can download your own for free 